0: Hi everyone and thanks for tuning in. Today we fall into conversation with Terence. In this episode, Terence talks on his journey in relation to the exposure to alcohol at a young age, dealing with depression as a young black man, whilst going through the loss of his father. Studies of adults with early parental loss show that they are more likely to experience depression, anxiety and substance use disorders. Let's hear what Terence had to say. So, do you want to tell us kind of how it all started?
1: Yeah, so I was about, I think I was 14 at the time. It was like after, after my dad passed away. You know, when, you, when you're around that age, you know, as a teenager, you just sort of like, what for me anyways, it's like I was just looking for any sort of reason to just, if I can, like, for lack of a better term, just wild out, just do whatever it is that I feel like doing Even if you know it's not great. Like, I had friends, because I was in Africa at the time, I had friends who were, like, older than me. And it's a very different place compared to here in England, where, like, I remember when I was in, well, at the time it was uh, secondary school, I think. Or I was about to go to college, one of the two anyway. And it's like, I think a couple of years into me being there and started drinking, they put these rules in place in the whole country where, like, people, students couldn't go into bars and stuff to drink, or pubs to drink with their uniforms on, because that's like that was like a national phenomenon. That's pretty much the environment that, I, that that I was in. So it's like you were just free to do whatever it is that you wanted to do. Like everybody, everybody could, even if you're underage, you can just still buy alcohol and, and just sort of like enjoy yourself. Yeah, so that was it. Um, I used, but well, now I realise that you know I use my, my my dad's death as a reason, you know, to just go wild out instead of just you know dealing with. Um, what the, the root was. And what it was is that <clears throat> the last time that I saw my, my dad alive, I was three years old, so obviously I don't remember um, the man. And he's done so many incredible things. You know, he studied here in the UK, in Oxford, in Oxford Uni. And at the time that he studied, I think he was around the 60s or 70s. It's like, I, I don't know how many, you know, like people from Africa. I don't, I don't want to say just black people, but literally people from Africa would come here to study. Um, so he did that. He, um, he was in the army um, as well. He was a colonel in the army. So he's done he's done a lot of pretty incredible things. And, you know, me being in a, in a place where last time I saw him, I was three years old. You know, everybody who sees me says I'm sort of like he's twin, but not really, you know. And they always tell me these these stories about him. Like there's one particular story that I like till this day. I don't know how to feel about it. They told me that one time, I don't know what he was doing in that place, but he was in a village and I think he was going somewhere or he was about to go somewhere and he got, he got beaten by a snake. And then he pretty much ripped one of his clothes. Just the kind of stuff you see in movies or you hear about in movies. He ripped up part of his clothes, he tied it wherever it is that he got bitten. So that, and that, that whole place was obviously swollen because okay, that's where the venom was or whatever, but the rest of his body was, was fine. And he walked for three days. That's the story. He woke for three days being bitten by a, by a, a snake. And yeah, he, you know, he reached his destination, whatever, stuff like that. And, and, it's, and it's like, whenever I would hear stuff like that, I'm thinking, if this man is so great, if he's done, you know, all of these different things. Like I said, he studied here, he was in the government, um, in the army and in the government as well. Like so if he did all these things, it's kind of like, why is it that like, last time I saw him, I was three years old? Like, it's, it's mad. Like, if you're that great of a man, like, you should at least know what to take on your children side or, like, have a relationship with your children, mm-hmm. you know? And I was struggling with that because, yeah, like, if everybody else was just telling me all these great stories. And it's like, if he's such a great man and so on and so on, that's just like, you know, my, my mind was just going down what I would call, it's like a loophole to hell. You're mm-hmm. Just going down the drain all the time, just, you know, thinking of all the negative things,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know? And yeah, so my, my environment at the time, you know, like I said, it didn't really help because everybody else was you know drinking with me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, I've had and I'm talking I' I'm, I'm what 15 years old at the time. I don't know how many black blackouts I've had. I'm one one particular night I think it was New Year's when I was going to I think I was turning 16. yeah yeah, it was New Year's, New Year's Eve, whatever I went to, I don't know how many parties, how many people's houses. You know, and I found myself just waking up in a place that I don't know, don't have my shirt on, and I'm 16 years old. Yeah, I'm just yeah. trying to like let, let let this sink in for everybody who's going to be listening. Like, I'm not saying this like as you know something like that I'm proud of, but it's just like I'm just trying to tell you like the extent yeah. of like the states of things. Like, it's just the it's just the truth. It's not something that I'm proud of, but it's just like anybody who's going through things like that, you know, like I just want you to know, like, like I'm just telling you the truth. Like this is exactly how it happened. So I wake up, terrible headache. I don't have my shirt on. I see my shirt, like somewhere in that room that I don't recognize. And I see vomit and blood on it. Mm. And like my, my chin was hurting. And I was, I was growing a little bit of facial hair at the time. Right. And it's like, it's literally on the left hand side of my chin. I just like, I noticed like I had something like a, it's almost like either someone punched me or something happened. But hey, I don't, I don't have no facial hair. It's just like, like it's like a bruise. Yeah, it's, it's just like I've had like many, you know, different experiences like that. And because of my environment, you know, the people that that I that I was chilling with, everybody else was doing the same thing. Like I've seen people a lot older than me, you know, and vomit blood as well. So to me, it's kind of like that's just part of the lifestyle, you know. That's me. This, that's me as a sixteen-year-old thinking like that. Yeah, at the time, my, my mom just couldn't, she couldn't deal with me. So she sent me to my uncle. My uncle, that's my dad's your brother. Um, I call him dad because that's just, you know, our culture. That's how it is when the eldest, you know, dies. You know, the younger brother just takes responsibility for everything, you know. But he's literally like my dad. And so I went to his house. <laughs> like my, my uncle is a pastor. Obviously, I go to his house and I, I can't live the same lifestyle Clearly, obviously. So like I changed my environment pretty much. You know, I went from, you know, me being able to do whatever the flip I wanted to just come in here. And it's like, it's not necessarily like it's a very religious or spiritual house, not necessarily that. But it's just those people are in there. Yeah. You know, and I'm just left, you know, to my own guns. And it's like me realizing like, OK, um, I was always doing great in school. But now it's not that great. I'm still fine. But it's like it's like the drop off was significant enough for like my whole family to be talking about. You know, when I was when I was younger, I would always be like the the poster child. Like Terrence always does everything right. At that at that at that point in my life. It's like as you you know, when you're a kid, all you have to do is do well in school. It's pretty much nothing else. You can play games, do whatever, I'll break things in the house. But as long as I'm you know, doing well or very well in school, it's like I'm just yeah the example to follow. So like all of my cousins and all these things that's that's the the stuff that they would hear about me. Then once that drop off happened, obviously yeah, African families people talk a lot, and sometimes I would hear that stuff as well. And, and as and as you know, as a a young child at the time, I just don't know how to deal with that. It's kind of like whoa. It's not like you know I I repeated grades or anything like that. I'm still you know passing my grades and stuff like why are you guys talking about this doesn't even make sense so it was just another one of the things like what i said with my dad earlier on it was just another one of those things that i couldn't compute you know in my mind it's like that that this doesn't make sense and um yeah so anyway i'm, I'm at my uncle's house one of the things that made me understand i had a problem was i think it was i remember the time i think it was 1 p.m so in the afternoon, like it's really hot. I'm in the house. I'm by myself in the living room, and I'm trying to change the channel on TV. And as, I, and as I'm trying to change the channel on TV, I noticed that my hand is shaking. That's the first time I actually noticed it. Uh-huh. And I'm like, "Whoa!" Like I can't make it stop. Like what the flip? And I'm like, again, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying this as something to be proud of because I don't, I don't think it's the kind of stuff that someone should boast about. But I'm 16 years old. You know, my hand is shaking because of my my dependence on alcoholism. Because at that point, I think I had been at my uncle's house for about a week.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I hadn't drank anything, so my body was clearly dependent on it. And I knew exactly what it was when it happened because I've, I've I had you know a couple of days where I just thought like, oh shoot, if only I had um you know like a beer or anything like that you know dark drink. Um, so yeah, I knew what it was. And from there, I don't know, it was just like, I guess, the journey, you know, of me just trying to... It's one of those where, like, I think it's the first time that I, you know, I became, if I can say, like, quote-unquote self-aware. Like, you, yeah. you you, just notice what's wrong with you. And it's like, oh, what's going on? With you are not necessarily what's wrong, but what's going on? Yeah, that's that's it. It's just from there, I just started looking at different things. Um, I didn't necessarily... I, I don't think I've spoken to my uncle about this. Or anyone in my family, actually. So Oh they really?
0: Does it they, they not know?
1: Um not to this extent, no. Oh, okay. Some yeah. of my friends, some of my friends do, yeah, no, not to this extent. It's just because I don't know, you know, African families, we don't really talk about stuff that we deal mm. with. That's just how it is. Yeah. You know, you go through it. You see your brother suffer, you try to say one encouraging word or stuff like that, but you don't really listen. Right? So yeah.
0: That's interesting because that was actually going to be my question was like, oh, when did you know it was a problem? And did it affect any of like your relationships or who was your support system? But the reality is, if no one knew, like how are yeah. you dealing with that?
1: No, no one knows. And the people who, who can see it, see it as part of the lifestyle because we all do the same thing. Mm.
0: Um,
1: so what, what really changed or one of the first things that really changed was when I came to the UK came to you the following summer and um, yeah obviously here you can't buy alcohol when you're underage so <laughs> it's like okay i can't do any of that stuff and i come here and um yeah it's a completely different language um because i come from a french french-speaking um, country so yeah completely different language but like in my building when i when i came um, in london there was upstairs there were turkish people downstairs there were jamaican people and my how do you call that teacher in in college like the main teacher I, I always forget the name he was irish or is he is irish so like when i listen to all these different people talking i'm just like you guys are not speaking the same language Stop, <laughs> like, like it's not it's not the same thing so like yeah so i come here and uh, yeah there were so many different things to focus on because i come here also the cultural apart from the language also culturally people don't behave the same way like, sometimes, you know, till today, because I've been here for, what, nine years now?
0: Mm.
1: Sometimes even, yeah, till today, people, you know, behaving in a way that doesn't really make sense to me. Because just culturally, that's just not how I move. But, yeah, so having, having all of these things to, to focus on, really, I, f- I feel like that really took my focus away from, you know, the alcohol problem that I had. It's just like, okay, I came here, because clearly there's a there's a divide between me and, and my and my mom.
0: Mm.
1: You know we can't communicate. You know I'm not listening to her until this day. I still don't know why I wasn't listening. I'm trying to I'm trying to like picture exactly that time. If I could go back inside, i would probably just slap the, the the flip out of my my younger <laughs> like, What are you doing? Do you even know what you're doing? You don't know what you're doing. Why are you doing this? Why are you not responding to her messages? Why are you coming home? Why why are you spending three nights away from the house without saying nothing? Yeah, you no know, three three successive nights. I went to my friend's house to watch the NBA finals one time, and I stayed there for three nights. And my mom didn't know. You know, one time I came in the morning it was like eight o'clock in the morning, and she was going out to work. What I used to do is I would come back home at, at like five a.m. because I know my mom always wakes up super early, like six. Yeah, I would try to come home at like five, but then because the NBA finals, just to give you more context, where I was. So the, the, the game would finish around at like 6.30. So if I, if it finishes at 6.30, then that gives me, like, just enough time. Well, clearly, my mom would, would already be up, but she'd probably be in the shower. So I will just try to, you know, come through the back door and not make noise and just go into my room, hoping that she hasn't checked my room when yeah. she woke up, you know, stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, one time I literally just came as she was going out to go to work. Cause I, 'Cause I slept after the game. I slept with my friend and I was just like, oh shoot, I need to go back home. Yeah, my mom is just looking at me like, Where are you coming from? I told her where I was, I didn't lie. Because it's this my friend, it's my best friend still today. Yeah. So she knew, but she just felt like, okay, like clearly this there's, there's something going on. So anyway, that's how I found myself.
0: You know, you said earlier that like your, your mum couldn't deal with you. Did she know that, that, that it was a problem with alcohol or she just thought you as being a bad child? Or have you actually spoken to her about it?
1: Uh, no, we haven't spoken. But there's been one particular incident that I remember till this day and it's the reason why I keep my composure whenever I drink because I still drink some like I stuff. Obviously, I've had periods where I just wouldn't drink anything, you know. But there was one particular time before I came here, and I think that was the last straw for my mom, is that I was drinking with some friends in a bar, and obviously I was I was just gone. And she came because I think someone saw me, and they told her. And then she came... I'm not even sure if she remembers this, and I'm not even sure if I remember it exactly clearly, because obviously I was drunk, right? But basically... So, so someone told her that I was whatever I was, and she came... And she was trying to get me to to go home and whatever and I literally just to just say it in the simplest way I was just disrespectful in public to my mom obviously at the time like I, in in that specific moment I, I was drunk so its just later on when I came to my senses to my senses and I realized what I had done you know I just felt like okay yeah this is an issue so that was just another one of these moments where it's kind of like okay Yo, you become like I was becoming a little bit more self-aware. It's like, yo, this, if you're talking to your mom like that, you know, she's always been there for you, done um, everything else. Like, my, my mom is, yeah, she's a superhero, man. Like, just to put it, you know, in the simplest of terms, yeah, she's a superhero. And yeah, like, that's just one of, one of those events um, that made me later on, once I could, you know, like, literally see that event as what it is to really understand like okay you need to get this under control
0: because you had to go to your uncle's house it's yeah. like you were just removed from the situation so were there really steps to getting better or was it just a case of your thing was you just were removed from the situation and that forced you to get better yeah it's
1: it's it's a bit of it's a bit of both because yes yeah, so I, I had sort of like always noticed that there's something wrong with what we're doing I remember I had I had one conversation with one of my friends and that's after he vomited blood. So we had a conversation and he told me like, yo, I feel bad, I can't eat. Like my stomach is just, you know, like, it's just like, I can't eat, bro. Um, And I don't know if that was the first time, but it was just one of those times when, you know, that was clear to him, like, there's an issue with what we're doing. And we we probably had a two minute conversation about that. And it's just because we were waiting for some other friends in a pub again to drink, right? So that conversation never really went where I think it should have gone. Yeah. You know, but we were both trying to find find a way out um, out of this, you know. But yeah, it's like the, the whole environment is just on that. So once I went to my uncle's house, I would I'm removed, you know, from that environment. And I felt like it also gave me time to think. And I feel like with, with a lot of us, what were we dealing with? Not just alcoholism, but just all these different things, you know, that are wrong in our lives. It's just like... Sometimes we we need time to to really just just think, just be in your thoughts. You know, like I've I've read, I watched a video about a week ago that said people had. I'm probably just butchering the, the, the story, but it's 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 just an example of people um had to choose between you know spending 15 minutes thinking mm-hmm. like with their own thoughts or like if I can say like just getting like an electrical shot
0: mm-hmm.
1: something like that. I think the statistic is like 70% of people chose the electroshock instead of just thinking. Mm. And that's that's how scared we are today, you know, of you know, um tackling, I guess, the issues that we have. We just, you know, want to be in that in that sort of bubble where you, you know, you distract yourself with Netflix, with social media, with alcohol, drugs, you know, and all these things there instead of just, you know, facing your demons as they call them.
0: And I think one of the other topics that we touched on was like dealing with depression as like a young black man. And in your Mm -hmm. case, like where did that stem from and was it clinically diagnosed or do you just know that's what you were dealing with?
1: Clinically diagnosed. No. We've a lot of things, you know, they say you recognize a tree by like it's fruit. Mm -hmm. How do I know that it was depression? It's just because I turned into someone that I'm not, you know, when I, when I was depressed, um, So, yes, I was here in the UK, completely different language, different culture, things like that. And life just, um, I had to grow, like, very quickly from from one day to the other, I had to fend for myself. You know, I found myself in a position where, like, my very first job in life, well, not very first job, but, like, proper job, where it's, it's not like I'm working for... You know, someone that my uncle knows or that my mum knows or something like that, but like a, a job where like it's complete, complete strangers, right? I was working in Poundland,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, as like, a, I think I was 19 or 20 at the time. I'm um, working in Poundland for like £5.46 per hour.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You work full time, you earn about £600 a month.
0: Mm-hmm. Your
1: rent is £500 a month. So, barely have any money to do anything. You know, I was walking to work, I think it was like 20, 20, 20, 20 minute walk. Um, to work and I just felt like that's what it is there's no way I, I don't know how I found myself in that situation you know with and also yeah I felt like I wasn't looking at things in a way that they would help me progress like I was still I still had a very negative outlook on just my relationship with my dad yeah for example that's like the biggest example you know that I could take like how I would look at it at the time is like with you know with a dad that I was so successful, how do I find myself here? Like why am I here? And I'm just asking all these questions that are not necessarily pushing me to do something to get out of those situations. It's just, you know, questions like you see when people say, Why do I deserve this when someone does something to them? You know, it's like it's 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 a legitimate question. I'm not I'm not, you know, saying that people shouldn't ask themselves these questions. But I just feel like the only thing that's not great about that question. It's like it doesn't push you to action. It doesn't actually uh, help you think in a way that you can make sure that it doesn't happen again. One, either it doesn't happen again, or that you know, you you have a different outlook when it happens again. You look at it as a lesson rather than, you know, something that hurt you or that's gonna carry on hurting you. You know. Yeah. When I was depressed, I would I would be just shut in my room not talking to people at all, whether well, it's family members or friends, not going out, like he would just be one of those. I remember at at some point I even started drinking again. Mm. So like when I'm I'm over I'm over 18 now. So I can you know I can drink how I want. So I started drinking again. I would drink um cherry bee. <laughs> My nephew knows about this. If he listens to it, he's probably gonna be laughing right now. But he remembers exactly, you know, like the time period that I'm talking about. Yeah, it was just one of those where like Yeah, I noticed that I'm I'm not one who I want to be, but also who I was when I was younger. Whether it's before I started drinking or even when I was drinking, Mm. you know, like I'm the friendliest person, like one of the friendliest person. Like like till till today, for example, I haven't necessarily gone back to that. Not that I want to, you know, be as friendly as I was before. But obviously, I'm you know life experience has taught me a lot. But yeah, I was just different. I was just different. Like I wouldn't. I was tunnel visioned on pain that I didn't want to deal with regarding my, my my dad's death and you know all the all the other things that came with it and yeah like I don't know I don't know how many years I spent and I was just single for that's just an example you know like okay you, I I had been in a couple of relationships before but then once I got into depression it's kind of like I have no time I, I don't even see I guess women or girls like you know, way that as a man, I guess I should, quote unquote, mm. should see them. It's mm. just like, no, like I'm I'm dealing with all of this. I don't have time for,
0: you Nothing know. Anything else? Yeah. But did you feel like you couldn't talk to people or do you feel like you were choosing not to speak to people? Like, does it come from culturally not talking to people or was it just a case of you didn't feel like you could?
1: It's just both. It's definitely a combination of both. Like culturally, we don't talk. And sometimes you you you're a bit wary of the people that you can talk to. You know, around that time I had I met a few guys, you know, that are my friends. Like now they're my support system. Yeah. You know, um, so I met them uh 2015. At the time when we met, you know, each one of us is going through whatever it is we're going through. And at the start, we didn't really speak about things but it was more like now that I have people around my age I see them okay they're struggling with different issues but they are fighting I think that's the thing that's sort of like seeing that fight in my friends mm. I'm just like yeah, I need to fight too I need to get out of this situation now like it's 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 just getting ridiculous at this point like you you just can't you need to find some sort of way Um and what really helps me is like one of my friends his dad's a pastor so I went to his house on Christmas Eve, randomly. I just found myself there and we, and we just connected from there. And, you know, I was going to, you know, to his house on Wednesdays and Fridays for Bible study and prayer. I was going to church on Sundays. And yeah, that really sort of like helped just, you know, for me to not sink any deeper than I would than I, you know was. Yeah, from there. Story. we started talking about certain things. Like, till, till this day, I think it's only recently, maybe this year, during the pandemic, that we really, you know, like, I remember we had a conversation, we went back from when we met, everything that happened. Like, it's literally just this year, mm-hmm. you know, um, that we went back. I feel like, yeah, that really helps So in a sense, yeah, I only started talking, really. in mean, 2020.
0: How do you yeah. kind of feel about therapy? Like, is that something you would do? Or is it something that you're not really
1: interested in i would do it and i would encourage anyone dealing with anything to to go like mm-hmm. it's just so it's not something that we do as black people yeah. let's say like that but that's that's not great that's that's why we are where it's one, not why it's one of the reasons why we are where we are mm. you know, because we have we have generational traumas and you know different things that happen like i've you know like i like i said earlier you know my, the last the last time i saw my dad i was three years old so i come from a broken family how many of us you know were born into broken families and i do not necessarily broken families where like you know your parents are necessarily separated but a broken family can also be one where your dad is physically present but that's all there is like he's not there for you emotionally he's not supporting you you know, your mom's dealing with all that stress, all that pent up frustration because her husband just sees it as a tool for his pleasure, you know, just to, just to, to say like that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking today in 2020, everybody else, like everybody has some sort of trauma. I, I don't care who you are. Like, let's just be honest. You have something with you that's quote unquote, not normal,
0: mm.
1: but it's common. And I think the fact that it's coming makes it easier, you know, for us to speak about it, not necessarily to bond over trauma, but just, like, you know, I guess what I'm doing here today is sharing, you know, whatever I'm going through, whatever I went through, in order for all of us to move forward. Yeah. To sort of, like, get past, you know, what... Get past whatever it is that, you know, we've been through or going
0: through. So, like, quick question on... Again, I say quick question all the time, but, like, on (laughs) your... On your dad, the last time you saw him, you were three years old. Yeah. But He died when you were 14, is that correct? Yeah. yeah, So, what was it? Was it just a case of your mum and dad were no longer together? And did you think you were acting up? Did your mum ever tell you you were acting up or changed in that time period where you hadn't seen your dad? I'm just wondering, like, my question is more so, do you feel like the, his death affected you more because it was like, oh, I don't know him and I wish I did know him? Or was it anger of like, why don't I know you? Why didn't you make, you didn't make yourself present?
1: Yeah, it's definitely that, um, a combination of both. Again, like, um, yeah, parents were separated. He lived in the States for years. I think I had, I've had one or two conversations with him on the phone. Mm. Probably when I was under 10, something like that. We would write each other emails at the time. It was emails every now and then. Like, I, I remember, it's weird that I still remember those things, but I guess to me that really shows me that deep down I do care about my dad because at some point I felt like, screw that, brother, just to keep it clean. <laughs> like, I, that's, that's what I felt like. I don't want to hear nothing. Like, I had, um, I had um, an argument with my sister. So that's my dad's, my dad's daughter. I had an argument with her at one time because of that stuff. Because obviously she was closer. She's older than me and she was closer to my dad. So she has like a... She sees him as a person. For me, I hear stories. Yeah. And I see pictures of someone, but I don't know who the flip that person is. Because I don't know him. And to me, it's like, yeah, I was just putting the blame on him. But what my sister told me during the argument and that I, and I still carry with me to this day is like, um, when it comes to... Um, Relationships or anything that you know that has to do with kids, it's never just one person's fault. It's like one person can take like full responsibility for it. Like obviously there, there are different cases. I'm not I'm not you know um, like disputing that. But half of the time, when it comes to parents being you know people being separated after having a child, for example, it's like someone you know both of them took decisions that led them down that road.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know. So, yeah, there was definitely that fact that I didn't know him. And after he died, it was just one of those where, like, I couldn't come to terms with the fact that I'm never going to have the answers to the questions that I was asking myself. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to have these answers. I'm never going to know why is it that, you know, you've done all these amazing things, but you couldn't come to see me if I can't come to see you because I don't know you. Like, before, I, I don't know when I learned that I had a dad, but before that, I thought, that my dad was dead. Mm. I, I don't know when, you know, we. I don't know if you got on the phone or if my mom told me, I forgot because I was so young. Yeah, I see. I, I would see all my friends in primary school like their parents are there or some, like some of them, their parents are there. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. stuff like that. And I'm just like, where's where's my dad? Mm. I guess he must be dead then because he's not, yeah, I can't see the, I can't see him. And then I learned that he's alive and then we speak on the phone and he's actually dead now. And yeah, like, dealing with that stuff I think it took me until two years ago
0: really that's what I was gonna ask Like, how are you finding it like dealing with like loss like my I'll give you an example my mum lost her mum 1980 and till this day she has days when she's just like she misses her mom and she wants to see her and you know yeah. we, we never got to meet her like I never had a grandma like ever mm-hmm. and I used to see my friends with their grandparents and I used to be yeah. oh my god like that would be so nice and then I had nephews and my nephews have both their grandparents on both sides and you're mm-hmm. just like it's so like it's so nice to see and yeah. I remember being partly affected because I everyone used to be like oh I'm going to my nan's house I'm going to and I couldn't yeah. I couldn't do that. I couldn't say that. Like I couldn't, mm-hmm. it was only until I was probably about 13, 14, I really like got to grips of like, okay, cool. Like I had a granddad. That's the only granddad I knew. I used to go and see him in Ghana like once a year, but the yeah. still wasn't there. Like, you know, like it wasn't the same as my friends around me. Um, so yeah, like my question to you is how did you deal with the, the, the loss, but how yeah. did you come to terms with it?
1: Yeah, so the thing about about loss that I've learned, you know, from my experience, whether it's with my dad or the many other people that I've lost, un- unfortunately, in life is that, so one of them is that unless it's something that, you know, someone else can tell you about them, but if you want specific answers from them, which I did in the case of my dad, it's okay that you never have these answers. Mm-hmm. Like it's okay. Like you can, you you will find some answers, you know, by by looking back at their lives and how they live their lives, and yes yeah, so or that. Like it's okay not to not to. I guess get what you want out of it, because for me, it's just like I wanted to connect with my dad. Like I, I like one of, another crazy thing about my dad is like he was a black belt and he was he was doing official tournaments as well, and and another crazy thing about him that they said is that he's never lost an official fight i'm just like i want to know this guy
0: yeah right
1: like it's like like how does that happen like you've never lost like amongst the many other things that he's done in his life so it's just stuff like that like i all the stuff that i just told you now for example i cherish those those things because to me it's just like that's where i come from
0: yeah
1: i'm capable of doing at least that you know if i put myself to that so that's how i look at it now instead of looking at it instead of sort of like denying my relationship with my dad because of the anger and pain that I I used to feel it's just like I'm looking at elements you know of his life that make me look forward to the future and there's a quote from well where I I heard of it is from um, a TV presenter in America called Shannon Sharp Mm -hmm. anyone who doesn't know Shannon Sharp look him up you you probably know his face because of the memes and stuff he's super funny but there's one thing that he says he says um, a wise man learns from other people's mistake and a fool learns from his own.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, in terms like how that, how does that quote apply to, to me, for example, is that my dad's done a lot of things right. But I guess the one thing that, that I know of anyway that he's done wrong is the fact that, you know, I, I don't know some of my siblings and I don't know him. Mm. So that broken family thing, is what i'm going to learn from his life i'm going to make sure that that cycle of us being born and bred into broken families is going to stop with me like my kids are never going to know this okay you might not know that you might not know your grandfather unfortunately you still know things about him like the little bits and pieces that i shared with you today for example they they learn about all of that there's pictures even though i'm not in these pictures well, that's just how it is. But it's like, they're going to learn about their grandfather. They're going to learn about the rich history behind our family. You know, the one I'm still writing for myself as well.
0: Mm. And
1: yeah, I want to make sure that they have a dad who's present, not just physically, but also emotionally. A, a dad who can build, if I can say, a bond that allows them to always be heard. Like, I'm I'm going to guarantee, I want to guarantee to my kids that, okay, we might not agree all the time, but I will at least listen to you. Yeah. Because my life experience has taught me that being listened sometimes that's just enough. You just want someone to listen to you, without saying anything back, without trying to be to give you sympathy or you know all these things that you just want you just want someone to listen to you, like just stuff like that. Like I'm trying to learn from dad's mistake, and I think that well, mistakes. Sorry, and I think that yeah, that's the thing that makes me look back. At his life and I guess my relationship with him or lack of relationship with him as a good thing. Like there's a line from from a song called "Born Sinner" by J. Cole, where he said something along the lines of "You were always where I needed you to be, whether you were there or not there." Mm. And I just felt like, yeah, even though I don't have my dad, but he's he's, he's you know he's giving me the the greatest gifts of all, which is life. I've got that from him. Mm. I'm gonna have to just cherish that, cherish that, and do the best that I can, and learn. Yeah, like I said, learn from his mistakes. I
0: was gonna say you're so wise for your age.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's I don't know. I guess life, life, because I've I've been through a lot, been through a lot. I've seen I've seen a lot as in other people.
0: Yeah,
1: Um, and I and I and I observe a lot as well. So I guess that's just one of those things. Like I can what I've been told before is just like I, I would pick up things in people's life that they wouldn't necessarily notice themselves.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, not, trying to, not trying to boast or whatever.
0: Just to wrap it up then, my last question to you is if there's any young people or people who know young people who are going through something similar to what you went through, whether it's the drinking, um, like loss at a young age, like what's your last thing that you would leave them with?
1: Don't feel like it's, not right or not okay it's for you to feel the way you feel you feel that way for a reason you know like I, I read someone that pain is there to teach us something it's it's different depending on the situation but it's like when it comes to working out know, for example that pain is you know there to show you that okay this is where your limit is at But if you push through that pain your limit is gonna go to a different level or like you're gonna you're gonna become better for it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah allow yourself to feel the way that you feel. And just look, look to look for ways to improve or get out of the situation that you're in. You know, to you know, to get in a better situation. Don't be afraid to try things, despite what um, what your friends might think, what your parents or people like that might think. Like, obviously, think it through, but don't be afraid to try something. Whether it's you know going to South America for I don't know three months just stuff like that just go and, and try and find yourself i feel like with a lot of us young people we, we we are definitely in a matrix like for sure during the first lockdown for example i didn't have social media i just did the, app. the apps i had on my phone and it was during that first lockdown like that i had the conversations with my friends that we would Due to have for the past five years, yeah. you know, just things like that. It's like, we, if I didn't have, if I did have social media, obviously I don't know, we can't really say because I don't know what would have happened. But what would most likely be happening is that we will talk about all the things that you see on social media. It's not necessarily bad, but we will talk about other people's lives and events and all these things there instead of, you know, tackling the things that we are going through. Yeah. So yeah, don't be afraid to, to to feel the way that you feel, try new things and look for a role model. Some of my, for example, the late Kobe Bryant, I just admired his he calls it curiosity, the the Mamba mentality. It's curiosity to find out how things work. Just work, just work hard, I guess, you know, to get to wherever it is that you wanna that you wanna go. So that's just like one of the things that I admire about him. Like the people who know him you might know some things about him that are not that great but it's just like i'm not looking at that specifically and this is the thing about i guess role models i feel like i'm looking at things that help me improve in that person's life not the things that are going to make me judge them because i don't know the bro (laughs) like you know what i mean i don't know him it's like i don't know what made him act that way in that specific situation when I see him win championships and he talks about what helped him win championships, I want to I want to go and fully grasp those concepts and those uh, routines, whatever it is that he that he talks about, you know. So I feel like yeah, we need to look at things from people that help us, you know, improve. And I'm 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 not an athlete, but I feel like in life there are things that we can learn from you know everybody in in, in all different sorts of fields. So I mentioned Kobe Bryant, Christian Ronaldo, you know, very similar type of thing. works very hard. Doesn't really care about what other people think. He has his own personality. He has his own thing that he does. And I feel like, yeah, let's not be um, scared or afraid to be originals. Mm -hmm. Like I behave the way that I behave. I dress the way that I dress. I wear the colors that I want to, you know, stuff like that. And that's just it. And enjoy life, man. I don't necessarily mean it, you know, with, you know, alcohol and drugs and all these things there, but go experience things with your friends, whether it's, you know, going to a park, go go go-karting do all these different activities, you know, that will show you a lot more about yourself than just going to the club every week or going to party in Ibiza. You can party here in London for a lot less money. So you're going to go do the same thing in Ibiza anyway. That's just my little rant about that. People try different things, experience different things, try to improve and get some role models. Yeah, live life. Another thing about loss, the harsh reality is that life goes on, you know, because, you know, I'm still here. You know, I've lost my dad, my aunties. Just like you earlier, you said, I've never met my grandparents. Well, I never met my grandma. And yeah, like, I'm I'm still here. The fact that I'm still here, I just I just try to look at it as like, uh, that's the positive that I, I'm going to have to hold on to. Mm. You know? I, I carry if I have any the memories with them, or the stories that I have with them or you know whatever it is that they stand for. and um, you know I, I guess that's one of the, one of the reasons why like I, I try to live a life of principle because if I, if I do live a life of principle, then you know the people who might not be that close to me, if they hear about me, they might know what I'm, what I stand for. And I guess they can carry a piece of me, you know, in their lives because they understand exactly what I stand for. Mm-hmm. It's one of the reasons why I have the role models that I mentioned because, yeah, like I, I do carry a piece of what they stood for, you know, in me. So I feel like with losses, we have to look at it that way as well. We are here to carry on their legacy because we literally are their legacy. I am my dad's legacy. I am grandma's, my grandma's legacy.
0: Thanks for tuning in, guys. I hope you've taken some key points from this episode. If you have any questions, please email fallintoconversation at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow the Instagram page, Fall Into Conversation, to look out for upcoming episodes and useful information.